0: Shut up and sit down. When the Wind Blows is an epic inspired podcast bringing innovation to professional development. Welcome back to When the Wind Blows, an epic podcast for parents, teachers, leaders, and anyone vested in the world of education. Uh, Today's topic is near and dear to my heart. Uh, It's probably near and dear to a lot of your hearts because we've heard so many people come to us with stories uh, like these. And we're talking about bullying. Uh, October is Bullying Awareness Month. Uh, bullying prevention month, and hopefully, um, just by telling stories of things that we've experienced and that others have experienced, I, I, I guess I just don't understand why kindness can't be, um, at the forefront of all of us. But, um, but I've got two amazing guests today, uh, Sean Ridnauer and Clayton Williams. Um, they, uh, are awesome. And, and I'll let them tell their story. And so guys, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, you are awesome. Um, Sean, who are you? Uh, and, and what do you do for Epic charter school? Um,
1: uh, well, my name's Sean and I am the creative director for Epic charter schools. Uh, so basically, um, what that is, is, uh, uh, gosh, I help, um, <sighs> Tell I stories. Help, yeah, tell the, well. Yeah, I tell. I help tell the epic story, uh, and 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 that is largely through a lot of video stories and students and families sharing their stories, and um, and so I get to meet um, and really hear in depth stories from um, the people themselves.
0: Awesome and clayton you were one of the first stories we told if not the first am i right in that sean clayton
1: I think, yeah i think it was I think I, so. right yeah because we they were like uh can you do video and this was 2013 or something and i went sure give me And so, and yeah, Clayton shared his story with us and um, it's an incredibly moving story and and I I, I would turn it over to to Clayton. Uh,
0: Clayton, talk to us about uh, who you are, how old you are now, (laughs) and (laughs) uh, what brought you to Epic Charter School.
2: Sure. So I believe it's actually 2012, somewhere around there. I just finished half of my seventh grade semester. And the bullying was, gosh, something I had never experienced before until I got back to middle school, and it was repetitive, you know, day in, day out. (laughs) Um, So I was 12 or 13 whenever our first video got recorded. Um, Let me tell you, the confidence back then was zip. (laughs) There was none. Um, I am now 20 years old. Uh, I am starting my life which is crazy. I just graduated with a baccalaureate degree um, in a foreign language, so I'm now an interpreter for deaf people. And it's just crazy how much things change in just the course of a few years with support and love.
0: Wow. And that is, I mean, truly amazing. Uh, One of the reasons I wanted to have you on uh, the episode today, Clayton, is that you've kind of been immortalized at 13 years old here. Like, your video is so popular, and we use it, you know, semi-regularly. It, it pops up on my timeline all the time. Um,
2: Absolutely. Yeah, mine too.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so, so you know, we get those memories. Ah, here's Clayton. He's 13 years old. Uh, but every single time I hear it, every time I see it, and I see the, the heartbreak in your mama's eyes and hear her voice break just a little bit. It's as if it's still just so new and still happening. And and I know it's still happening because we survey families, uh, and, and ask like, what brings you to Epic charter school? And Sean, uh, I know I'm going all kinds of out of order. How many people do you think come to us because of bullying?
1: Well, before this year, um, cause I think this year is an anomaly, uh, But this year, before this year, we had uh, nearly 50% of our student population was here for um, bullying, school safety concerns. Um, And so that's a a large number of people. So last year with an enrollment of around 30,000, that would be about 15,000 students in our school that that were in our school because of safety concerns, uh, whether it's for themselves, school at large, or specifically bullying
0: that's, I mean, just insane to me. Um, I am not a stranger to it. I don't think, uh, I think I, I probably got away pretty easy. Uh, it was pre super digital, you know, uh, bullying and, um, and I was just poor and not smart and, um, poor me, N- nobody really talked to me about hygiene. And so uh, I remember just—I mean, for it felt like a full year being called onions on the bus.
1: <laughs> I know that smell. <laughs> yeah, <right? Gosh. laughs>
0: um, You know, I nobody really talked to me about what deodorant was and what it needed to be. You know, and and how you didn't need to be called onions every day if you just wore deodorant. And I, I just remember. Um, it was my sixth grade year, and I hated school. I think that was the first time I really officially just hated
1: school. Well, I think middle school, right, is 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 really when a lot of things pick up. And this is what I've told my children. My son's getting ready to go into sixth grade next year, and he said, "Is middle school? Is it really that hard?" And I said, "It's." I go, it's not hard on the subject level when we're talking about what reading and math is and things like that. It's hard because everybody's going through changes. I go, that's really when it really kicks in for kids. And um, and I said, some people are threatened by something that's different. And so if you're the kid that starts puberty really early, you're probably going to get picked on. Um, if you're the kid that's... Uh, d- you know, let's say into high school, delayed puberty. I mean, you know, and and, and I'm and I'm speaking from experience here, um, being a, a high school freshman in basketball and having to shower afterwards um, and getting called all kinds of names because. I was very behind in puberty. Nothing I could do about it, you know. Um, but I got called all kinds of names, uh, eighth grade and ninth grade. Um, and, you know, whether it was in the hallway, whether it was uh, in the lunchroom. Um, and then, you know, it wasn't just one or two people, you know, and they were calling me hairless. Um, so you can imagine. Um, and But what was I going to do? Like not take a shower? I had classes after that, you know. So I just dealt with it you know um and um and I never told anybody how much that embarrassed me how humiliating that was um and how ongoing it was um I didn't know to call it bullying uh, at the time but um you know looking back I'm like oh my gosh I really I you know and that's not the same as you know I I know I, I people deal with physical, um, uh, violence in their schools now. And, and obviously there's, re- I mean, very serious things going on, but yeah, no, I mean, I, looking back, I'm like, gosh, yeah, those, th- those, those early developmental years, uh, of, of teen being teen, a teen, a young teen, it, it, it's challenging. It's really hard.
0: You know, and, and now I want to, you know, talk to Clayton. Clayton, you had some of the digital bullying happening. Talk to us. I mean, we we didn't know to call it bullying because we're so much older. And, um, you know, that's kind of one of those things, uh, you know, can can you hack it? I don't know. Talk to me about like, as you're going through this now, there's the whole digital front. What was that like?
2: Absolutely. Um, kind of like what Sean was saying, it's hard. Um, especially whenever you are in those middle school years, you don't have a voice, you know? Um, and if you do, it feels like there's not a whole lot of people listening. You've got your parents, um, sometimes not present, you know, a lot of people have jobs. And so for me, especially going through middle school, it was just a lack of support, honestly. And then the digital side (laughs) really came in and kicked my butt. Um, I wasn't allowed to have Facebook, but I had things like Instagram, which, you know, that was six years ago, but we still had it. Um, With Instagram, we had Snapchat, we had all these other resources, and kids themselves that are hurt at home and don't have love and affection, they just show that with everyone else. So that got put onto me heavily, Um, any embarrassing picture they could find or anything that could snap in class, um, anything like that, which used to bring out every flaw and every disfiguration someone might have um, and spread with the rest of the school. That was the, I think one of the scarier things about the fact that we're in the digital age. You know, used to, if you had a note, you could pass it around to whoever's in class and try to get to as many people as possible. And you've got word of mouth. Um, Now one instant message can go to 300 people and that's your entire school.
0: You know, and we saw that, uh, the, the, the kombucha girl, kombucha girl. You guys know what I'm talking about? So,
1: I'm not, I'm not familiar with that.
0: <laughs> Google it and it will come up. You start typing in kombucha, the first thing is going to come up is kombucha girl. And she used TikTok and she was like, I'm going to try this. And she took a drink and made a face and then she made another face. And it was something that she just did for fun. It was a fun little video, but mm-hmm. people screenshotted it and turned it into something completely different. And um, if you listen to her five-minute story, uh, it's pretty intense. She lost her job. She's got a master's degree. She's a brilliant girl. But she was um, very much, it it was like a viral bullying that happened. Um, And she's kind of embraced it now for what it is and, and trying to use that to spread this message, which is great. But not everybody has that... I guess, perspective or ability, or, uh, I mean, she was very much a a graduated adult who had her social emotional self put together at 12. Clayton. What, what was your out for this aside from Epic?
2: Yeah, no, it was scary. I mean, like I said, you feel like you don't have a voice. Um, if you don't have a voice, what's the point in attempting to talk? So at that point there's, really one other option left and someone who's young and their brains still forming. And that's to leave this world to take yourself out and commit suicide. Um, going through middle school, I had made multiple attempts and I look back now as an adult and I think, why, why would I ever do something like that? Why would I try to take myself out of where I am? And it's even hard for me to, to really process those emotions again, having, you know, gone through all of that once, um, and the only thing I can really think of is the fact that it feels like there's no way out, and it feels like there's no way to improve your situation. And the only thing that helped save me was Epic and support and lots of people talking to me and pulling the information out. I was not allowed to be alone. <laughs> we were always talking. Um, as long as I kept talking and getting that, all of that depressing stuff off my chest, it's continue to make me feel better and feel lighter. And I'm so grateful for that. It was hard and extremely hard. And whenever you're a little kid and you don't want to talk, you shut down. You know, I screamed, I cried, I shut down, I didn't talk, I was silent for days. And my mom, I was just so lucky. She sat there and fought with me for hours (laughs) to get me to finally open up and tell her what's been going on. And just as much as talking about the situation and getting someone else's perspective and seeing that I do have support helped me tremendously and I'm still here because of that.
0: So you already know like that Sean and I like just kind of wore this and dealt with it. And so what do you say to somebody who who might be saying, you know, I I was bullied, suck it up, buddy, you know. How do you I mean I think you are I don't know. Your message is powerful. And it's totally different now. And so what would you say to somebody that's, that's saying this to, to a kid now?
2: Absolutely. Um, first of all, I have to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had to go through that without support like I had. Um, that's really rough. I I wish it was easier for people to step out of their shoes than that someone else's. I really wish, even whenever I was in that age, I couldn't step out of my own shoes. Um I do know if I had an adult telling me to just suck it up and to deal with it and, you know, give it what it's worth, at that point, that would have cost me my life. That one statement, just something as simple as saying, I love you and I support you, that, that's what saved me. So not providing that support, I would say, is a really dangerous game to play. Um, and bullying has been around forever. Absolutely. But I feel like with the tools we have in our generation, as bad as they can be used for bullying, we can also use it to stop. I mean, we've had the anti-bullying campaigns blow up in the past five years. Uh, we have rallies all the time against bullying. And so it we can stop it. It's on us completely. Um, we just have to get away from that negative mindset of what's happened in our past can't be changed.
0: Well, and... I- oh, go ahead,
2: Sean.
1: Well, I was going to say, and... In, in- you are uh, Clayton you're you I mean you're a very well spoken person
2: well you're
1: you're you're able to really articulate and capture I think so much of you know what what can be done um, and should be done for for kids going through uh, stuff like this because it's so important to understand. Um, and, and whenever you're, whenever you're a a young teen, whenever you're, you know, or even younger in some cases for some kids, it's hard to see past the next couple of years. It's hard to see past next week. And it's hard to see that things can get better. Um, and with the right support that they can get better because what's happening is so intense. Um, uh, and whenever someone, I think the one of the world worst things that someone can do is like you said, say, just get over it. Um, just deal with it. Um, because whenever anyone's hurting for any reason, um, whenever someone sits down with them and says, you know, I see, I see the pain you're going through and, and I understand it, uh, or, um, tell me about it. Let's talk about it. Let's, when someone is willing to get down and get in that hole with the person, Um, you know, they're able to maybe in in some ways say, look, I know a way out of this, you know, but until we get down in the hole with the person, they don't, they don't realize that. And Uh, so.
0: Yeah. So do either of you ever use Facebook to look up those bullies and see where they're at now? I, my person, um, I've, I've, I've looked her up in the past and I felt super, um, I guess it, it made me feel like I've really overcome a lot knowing where she is now. Um, but then that was a while back, even whenever I looked her up. Um, and now I just feel bad. I, you know, uh, do you ever, do you guys ever look up those past bullies and try to see what they're doing now?
2: absolutely (laughs) 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 I can't even lie about that one Um, whenever I had the permission if you will for my parents to get Facebook I was like first thing I'm doing right I had been in Epic for about four years at that point and I was like let me see let me see where these people are and it did you're very right Ms. Barnes it gives you like this satisfaction of I'm so glad you're failing and I'm succeeding um you know, a, a couple of the people that had physically assaulted me in school are now incarcerated. Um, and then now as I've matured more, I look back and it, you're right. It does make you feel bad because in some way they were experiencing their own pain mm-hmm. and that's uh, what was coming on me. So because yeah, that's... of that, they, they weren't given the support I was, they didn't get the help to get them out of that hole and it might've been a different hole, but they got just as stuck as I did and I was lucky enough to get out of it. So looking back, I do feel bad. Um, it shows me where I've grown, but yes, I 100% agree. I, I, uh, I, yeah,
1: I've looked mine up. Um, and mine was a pastor for a little while. Um, I had, you know, was my age, but you know, grew up, became a pastor. Um, and, um, uh, I don't really hold any animosity about that. I, I uh, what's funny, I, I kind of dealt with it in a way. I was <laughs> dared by a friend to do stand-up comedy, and I found an open mic night, and that was really the only material I had was those, you know, those really painful, you know, uh, early middle school, high school years, and I turned it into stand-up comedy, and I have to say, I killed that night. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, but 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 I. I I do want to say this because you know I have sort of another side of the bullying story and and whenever we were um, you know producing some videos for epic about bullying it really brought up some memories of mine whenever I was in first grade I was particularly cruel to a girl that rode my bus and um, I I chimed in with taunting her Um, we never physically, you know, assaulted her or anything like that. There was, you know, I I don't know, there might've been some paper wads thrown on the bus, but that was a daily occurrence all, all the time on the bus for everybody. But, but, um, and I remember, um, I remember, uh, picking on her on the playground with another friend and it really, really hit me that day. I was like, wow, I can't believe, I can't believe I did that. Now I was first, it was first grade and that's not an excuse, but, but, um, I'm proud to say I've grown a lot since then. <laughs> but I I looked her up on Facebook and I reached out to her and I um, I felt compelled to apologize and said, I don't even know if you remember this, but I was really mean to you. Um, and I remember, you know, first, second grade and riding the bus and and, and being just being really cruel. And I, I just wanna tell you, I'm sorry. Um, I think you've grown up to be an amazing person and I'm I'm glad for that. So you know, I don't know if you remembered or not, but I just needed to apologize and just and let you know that I I see you and I love you. You know. And, and did um, she
0: respond? And did she remember?
1: Uh, she didn't really say she remembered, but she did respond, and she said thank you, and that meant a lot to her.
0: That's awesome. I got so. you guys. I've already texted. Sean, <laughs> there's like so many emotions emoting right now. <laughs> um, trying to keep it together here. Sorry, um, Sean. I,
1: I, go well, for I it. want to go back to, and, and I'm sorry, I, I pulled up some some stuff this morning. Um, whenever one of my favorite um researchers is Brene Brown. Yes. Um, and she has an incredible book called "Braving the Wilderness." Um, and it's about belonging, and so much of this. You know, on both sides of the issue, whether you're the bully or you're the person being bullied, um, that that need to belong is so um, huge. And uh, I looked up an article she wrote back in 2010, um, and the headline uh, of this article says, uh, bullying isn't a school problem, it's a national pastime. So it's, while we are talking about it in schools, you know, um, and we're talking about around a school. Um, it's even bigger than that. It's a national pastime. Um, and she wrote this in 2010 and I think it's even worse now. Um, but when she talks about belonging, she says, belonging is the innate human need to be part of something larger than us. We're hardwired for it. Cruelty is a predictable outcome in a culture that tells us that invulnerability and perfection are prerequisites for belonging we are never more dangerous than we are when we are backed into a corner of never good enough, rich enough, thin enough, successful enough, admired enough, so on and so forth. So whenever we are working from a place of, you know, I'm not smart enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not fast enough, whatever it is, um, we, and we're backed into that corner, we become really dangerous. We become dangerous to ourselves. We come. we become dangerous to others. Um, And, um, and when, you know, Clayton was talking about his, the, the, some of his bullies are incarcerated, you can't help but think, and he, and he was right. And I think he, I think he made this, uh, comment that there was something going on in their lives and this is how they acted out. Yeah. And, and that doesn't excuse the behavior, but then you but you can at least find a source and I mean, there's so many different ways to to slice this and say where where can we where can we make change and where, where where's the where the where are our solutions, and and it does I mean it goes back to our it goes back to our homes and and how we um, how we're raising our kids whether it's to be compassionate um, to be empathetic and to really talk about what that means, or whether it's you know, listening to the stories that come home from the bus, from the, the the locker room, from wherever, where there's hurt. And in hearing your child and listening to your child say, I'm not okay. You know, so.
0: I think it's, I, I, it seems like common sense. It seems like something that doesn't really need to be said. But I do remember really reaching out to a teacher that I thought I trusted that I thought would be able to do something and, um, and her kind of just turning it around and saying, well, have you ever thought about not smelling like onions? And I thought, damn, (laughs) like, honestly, like, wow. Um, You know, and I think as, administrators in schools we have to be so aware and I was a difficult kid I mean I was dyslexic so I was hard in school I had ADD I was probably talking somebody's ear off (laughs) who knows whether people thought I was telling the truth or she obviously did because I she knew I smelled as well (laughs) but like I remember keeping little deodorants in my desk drawer, because I was never going to let a kid have to smell like onions, and I was going to let them have that deodorant, oh. um, and so I would keep little deodorants just in case anybody ever came to me and said something like that, but like, as as administrators, as teachers, we have to take this stuff seriously. I couldn't imagine, Clayton, being the person that you spoke to brushing it off, and then you happened to follow through with the thoughts you had. I couldn't imagine the guilt in my life of not listening. I couldn't imagine.
2: Yeah, And the saddest part was um, my particular middle school, they had a very strict bullying policy. Um, We thought that was great. Um, The strict bullying policy, however, wasn't in my favor. So their strictness went to the side of the bullies. So if you wanted to report something that's fine, uh, it would get documented, but if there was any physical altercation, it would have to be documented three times before there would be repercussions. Um, well, two times was enough for me to say I'm done. So before I could even get to that third time, I would be past the beyond the reach of the administration. Um, and that's something I really want to emphasize. Just as much as listening to me and validating what I'm feeling and talking me through, that would have been enough. That's all I needed from the people above me at school. Yeah. Wow. It was really hard. I couldn't get that. Yeah. To know
1: you're heard and seen. Yeah.
2: yeah. I believed.
0: You came to Epic and you got probably, I don't know if you know this, Clayton. I know Sean does because he's recorded me in the past. But (laughs) Jen Lake is the reason I became a teacher. She is, I, I sat in her classroom as a teacher's assistant and watched um, her teach kids in real time, and it was like the first time I remembered understanding fractions. And I thought, oh my gosh, like I want to be this woman, and you got that woman. Talk to me about the things she's done in your life to help you change.
1: Oh, her yeah, life. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're, You're emoting <laughs> the emotions. <laughs> <sighs>
2: Oh, I actually just got a tattoo from a snake. <laughs> I know you did. Your um, whole
0: family did.
2: Yes, we all did. Um, she is the singular reason I am still alive. Um, <laughs> oh, the things she has done as an educator, and now I can say as a doll as a friend, is astounding. her and I sat there for hours working on slope intercept and I still don't understand it (laughs) by no means. (laughs) She tried very hard. Um, (laughs) But the thing she has done for me, my family to help us stay here and to help us succeed. Oh, I couldn't, I couldn't have done it without her. Now I mean, she she's won best teacher's award multiple times. She oh yeah, 100 percent deserved it. 100 percent.
0: She's amazing. Your younger brother has now graduated. Your sister, where is she at in the program?
2: So my sister will actually be graduating almost two years early from high school.
0: Part of partly because of the work Jen Lake did before she yes. moved into a principal role. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah. So we were able to sit down with Miss Lake and. Gosh, she sat down and she got to know every single one of us and she made sure we were going to play to our strengths and then strengthen our weaknesses. So I was able to do concurrent enrollment and get my associates at the same time I was getting a high school diploma, you know, stuff like that. I graduated with a bachelor's degree at 20.
0: Well, not only that, but I remember her telling me that, so you were going to TCC for, um, I mean, you were learning ASL uh, mm -hmm. and interpretation. But you had actually been hired by TCC while still in high school because they didn't have anybody to do advocation for students uh, at their administrative level, right?
2: Yep. So I was uh, fortunate enough to apply and become part of what was the True Blue Lead team. Um, which I think has now dissolved, you know, it's been quite a few years since then. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was a student advocate, so when a student couldn't stand up for themselves or they didn't know how to make that transition from high school to a college setting, even though I was still in high school, I was there giving what little bit of a voice to them I could and trying to do my part because I had seen what, you know, people had given to me and I wanted to give back.
0: Sean, and I'm probably putting you on the spot here, there have been so many of these stories and – I mean, not that they need to be immortalized at 13, but there have been so many of these stories that have come through in the last 10 years. Are there any that kind of just stick out in your head?
1: Well, the um, a couple of years ago, we sent out an email uh, and, and oddly enough, or, or coincidentally, or I, I don't know really how you would say it. We sent it out uh, to our families just saying, you know it was kind of a call for stories saying you know if you're here because of bullying or or a school safety related kind of issue we'd love to hear your story um the idea was um i had been inspired by the song this is me uh from the greatest showman uh and and what I, I love that song because that song is so much about self-acceptance and um you know that that it's 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 the, and I, I hate to call it this, but it's the, the freak show people, you know, singing, you know, these people from a circus singing and, and being proud about who they are uh, because they've been they've been cast aside. And so I wanted to put together a video that you know really kind of captured some of these people um, and people like myself who had felt you know pushed aside, cast aside, who felt different, um, and for them to be able to tell their stories and several of them came through, um, and we hear them daily. Uh, We still hear them, but um, these in particular, uh, you can watch the video, but we have uh, kids that um, were hospitalized uh, for um, such overwhelming anxiety from their situation, uh, having tremors, not being able to even hold a pencil in the classroom um, you know, missing school repeatedly because they were terrified, uh, of being there, just even being there after, you know, um, we had, um, one student, uh, told us, she said, you know, I, um, I, she, she said she was called a failed abortion. She was told to just go back to hell. She, um, uh, uh, was she felt so isolated she started self-mutilation she started taking razors across her thighs um we have a student uh who uh, i mean like and he posted this in the video because i had them write down on their cards you know just things that were said to them and one one to this little boy and he was he was little then when we did this video and i'm sure the bullying started much younger and whenever whenever a little boy and i mean Nine, ten years old writes down go die in a hole and i when you die i'll be happy he was told that and it he obviously remembered it and he wrote it down i let the i let everybody just write down uh the things that were said to them um one girl uh wrote down you're such a bitch and a slut and When you see it in the video, you're like, someone, Hug someone her. said that to you. Hug her. I mean, you know, and and I and I and I got to meet these people, and and some of these people I got to see graduate, um, and and in in particular, um, uh, one girl in the video uh, uh, I did actually see at graduation, and um, it was an overwhelming moment for her. Um, I mean, she was there. Um, she still was dealing with some anxiety. Because you know, when there's ten thousand people in the room and you've got anxiety, that's you know, t- ten thousand people in a room makes me nervous. Yeah, <laughs> um, but but anyway, uh, the the things that are said to them, um, and and I met a and I met a kid who who, and this is my unprofessional opinion um, because I'm not a, a therapist, but the way he described his scenario, this particular kid might have turned out to be a very violent. Um, because you know, I think a lot of people that um, you know. Oh, and what I was going to say about this was when we sent out that email, this call for the these stories. It just so happened it was the same morning um, of the um, of the school shooting in Florida. It was uh, Valentine's Day um, that year, and um, we didn't send it out because of that. We sent it out, and then that happened, and it was like. <sighs> When is, when is this going to, and this isn't about school shootings. What I'm talking about is, is when is, when, when are we going to get it right? When are we going to recognize that people hurt and, and they've, they need to be seen. They need to be heard. They need their stories heard. um, They need to feel validated um, so that things like that don't happen anymore. You know? Um, and like I said, there was a, there was a kid I was talking to going like, I was like, this is this, this kid would have been violent. But that, but that was, again, that's just a hunch. Um, but I'm so glad he found a place. I found, I'm glad that all of these kids found a place. Their, their, their parents listened to them, their doctors listened to them, a grandmother, a friend, whoever, these people, someone listened to them and recognized that they needed a place to feel safe and to even be, be allowed to be different, you know, um, and be allowed to be themselves. And at the end of the video, you see, you see, you know, I, I, I turn on the color at the end of the video because I was like, no, tell me about now. Who are you now? And they were like, I'm happy. I'm at peace. I don't go to bed depressed anymore. I I don't want to die anymore. One girl says, "When I look in the mirror, I see I I I see someone I love," you know. And you're like, "Fantastic," you know. <laughs> and I'm sorry you didn't feel that way before, um, but uh, but, and that's not saying that it's entirely Epic's fault or or, or you know the, the Epic can take all the credit, but it's it's a place where um kids can finish their education and um and and get connected with a teacher that is going to really get to know them and really see them for who they are and someone like jen lake who um who took time to hear clayton's story and listen and and be a a guiding voice um you know because i mean it's great when our parents listen to us but sometimes when, when another person another adult or another peer recognizes that also, you're like, Oh, okay. (laughs) You know, it's not just my mom saying everything's going to be okay. I've got this other person who might have experienced these things too. And look at them. They're successful and and they're happy. I mean, and that's, to me, that's success. Are you happy today? You know? Um, So.
0: Well, So on um, October 21st, so this episode will come out on Monday the 19th. You've got plenty of time to wash up your orange shirts. We are going orange for bullying prevention and bullying awareness on October 21st. So mark your calendar, get your laundry done, grab that orange shirt and wear it proudly on October 21st. As a matter of fact, we want you to share those pictures with us, share with us that you are going orange for bullying awareness and bullying prevention uh, because we're doing that. And and another caveat here, um, I just have to say, you two were spared, but the listeners were not because I muted myself here to to do my snotty like inhales <laughs> because I was crying. But then I realized that my audio recording uh, device totally caught all of my snottiness and crying, <clears throat> and I apologize to all the listeners.
1: I uh, I don't know that I have a lot of orange shirts, but I have orange pants wear them. We're just
0: going orange. So go orange for bullying prevention and bullying awareness. Uh, Clayton and Sean, thank you so much for being here. Clayton, for telling your story again. Sean, thank you so much for telling all of the epic stories. It's not just bullying, but we have so many kids here who have found a home And found their place because of the school that we provided. And really, it's because of the stories you tell. And so I appreciate you both so, so much. Thank you.
2: Thank you.
0: Well, that's all the time we have for today. If you like what you heard, go ahead and hit the like button and the subscribe button to the podcast so that you're notified each time a new episode drops. If you're a returning listener, rate this podcast. As a matter of fact, stop right now, go into your podcast app, leave a review. I want to know what you think about the episodes that you're listening to. Uh, Tune in next week where we are rethinking how leadership and education can better prepare the next generation for a rapidly evolving world.